Sports. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Packers Wire editor, Zach Cruz. And now, here is the guest host of Jeopardy, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Welcome to Jeopardy. As a lifelong fan of Jeopardy, it is an incredible honor to guest host. Now, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of amazing things, but winning Celebrity Jeopardy and getting to share the stage with the legend Alex Trebek is something I will never forget. Alex was such a gentleman, so smart, so precise. I was in awe, and I will work hard to honor his legacy. Scott, Brandon, Joe Beth, let's get into the Jeopardy round with these categories. Yes, Packers fans, yes. More Aaron Rodgers Jeopardy talk and... I'm sorry, it's just been a long wait for the NFL draft to actually get here, and this is actually a fascinating story to me. Uh, so right off, the, right off the bat, Zach, how much Jeopardy have you watched the past couple weeks, and what do you think about your quarterback's love of the show? I mean, I got to tell you, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a giant dork. Yeah, he definitely is. He's in his element. And look, I, I've watched every episode so far. I've, I've always loved the show, and you know, I, I really think he's, he's doing a great job hosting, or at least you, know, you compare him to a bunch of these other guest hosts that they've had yeah, I think he's done really well. So, you know, he's, he's mentioned, uh, you know, pretty regularly that he, you know, wants to be the full-time host and, you know, he thinks he can pull it off. I think I trust him to do it. He, you know, he lives in, you know, Southern California during the off season. So it really wouldn't be a stretch probably for him to tape, tape a bunch of episodes during the off season. So, you know, I hope he gets it. He's, you know, he's really enjoying himself. I, I think he is getting more and more comfortable here during these two weeks. So, you know, I hope I kind of hope he gets the the full time gig. It'd be a good uh, good mix of of football and nerd. <laughs> it would, yeah. And we all got a little bit of that in us. And so last week I was on with Luke Easterling, and we talked about that very thing about that quote on how he would love to play football and host a show full time. He thinks that he could do yep. it based on the schedule and how many di- how many work days there are and all that. And I I, I, I want to walk back my rant a little bit. I kind of lost my mind last week, to be honest. <laughs> I I slept on it, Zach. I want to know how Packers fans feel about that. Or like, are they into their quarterback hosting Jeopardy and maybe not focusing on football so much as we continue this pursuit of a second championship for him? I mean, you know, my whole the whole point of my thing last week was he's just so nonchalant sometimes in, in the media with the way yeah. he says things. I don't think it's maybe genuine. I know he cares about football. I know he's giving his all, all that. Like, I didn't that that's what I want to walk back. But sometimes the things he says in the media, it's just like Ah oh, man, it just kind of rubs you the wrong way. Like, don't don't you care? You're the quarterback of the Packers. You're going on and on about Jeopardy. Like, come on. But how do Packers fans really feel about that? Uh, that thing about him, you know, trying to take both on full time if he could. I've seen some stuff that kind of echoes what you just said there. But you know, I I really do think he thinks he can pull it off. I you know, you have a couple months there, February through March. You know, maybe even to April. That you know, you're not doing a whole lot. You're kind of you know, resting up your body or maybe not even working out a whole ton, especially as an older quarterback, maybe not even throwing too much. So, you know, there's, there's definitely a window there that he could, you know, be in Southern California tape. I don't know how many episodes they tape, you know, what that they would need for the full year, but, you know, probably a lot, probably, you know, a hundred episodes or so. And, you know, maybe he could get that done and, you know, not interrupt his off season. And look, 
you know, the NFLPA, it's going to be a virtual offseason probably for a lot of these teams again. So, you know, maybe that becomes more of a, a regular thing, even when COVID dies out, that, you know, these guys are doing a lot of their offseason work virtually and away, away from the facility. So that would give them even more time to be a Jeopardy host if you wanted to be. Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl champion, reigning league MVP. Giant nerd who loves Jeopardy. Giant, <laughs> you know, giant it's, nerd. It's kind of tremendous. So I wanted to circle back on this thing we've been talking about over the last few weeks about Rodgers and his contract and his future with the Packers. Now, he appeared on the Pat McAfee show a couple weeks ago now. And the reason I want to bring that back up is because he had a quote in there where he's like, you know what? Nothing's really changed. It's not really a story, guys. My future is, you know, a lot of it is out of my control, he said. And that just kind of caught my eye, Zach, because he said the same thing right after the NFC Championship game, if you remember. Like, he sat there at the podium and he said, hey, my future's not even in my control. Like, you know, none of us really know what's going to happen. He hasn't really backed off of that take. Like, he keeps on reminding us that thing. And it got me thinking about his situation and about how he clearly, coming off the MVP season, would probably like an extension and would like to be locked up into his 40s. And it hasn't happened, and we've been wondering what's going on with the standoff. Is is Rodgers mad at the team? Is, is the team afraid to approach Rodgers? Is he too busy hosting Jeopardy? Like, there's all these different takes we can go, right? But I just want to, like, what's stopping the team from doing it now? Like, is it the term remaining on his contract? I, we know Josh Allen's, his thing's coming up. It's going to be another mega deal like Dak Prescott got. That's probably coming this summer. Yep. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, they're coming. So the cost to extend an aging quarterback could even get more challenging as we continue to go here. So for me, I'm just wondering the only thing that's really stopping, maybe the thing stopping this from happening is the team. And you wrote about that a little bit on the Packers wire, but maybe Rogers is hint. He keeps hinting at this Zach and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the team side. That's like, we're not ready to do this yet. Yeah. I just think at this point, you know, with all that we know about this and all the stuff we don't know too, I think, you know, it's probably just safe to assume that, either there's some kind of impasse between the two sides where, you know, they just want two very different things or, you know, the Packers are just kind of holding their ground and they, you know, they want to play this out as is he's got three years left on his contract. They just want to go year by year with it. You know, if they do that, they don't completely rule, you know, Jordan love out of the equation. So I kind of get the sense that's where they're at. And you really don't like, like you said, you don't get a sense from Rogers, especially in that McAfee interview that, you know, some big extension is coming that they're working on some big extension. You know, we kind of got that same vibe from Mark Murphy a couple of weeks too. So, yep. you know, I, I think this is looking more and more like, you know, the Packers, they like having Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback right now, but they also want to take it year by year. And, you know, I, I do think Rodgers still, you know, he, he said it a bunch of times that he doesn't have control, but I think he still has a little bit, you know, if he plays out of his, out of his mind again in, you know, 2021, I think, you know, they're going to have to recalibrate that situation a little bit again. So, you know, who knows? And the way it sounds and the way it's kind of played out and, you know, the vibe you get from both sides, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, he's just going to be going into next season knowing it, you know, it could be his last one with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And, and to that point, you just said, I mean, there's this quote I pulled, all I can do is play my best. I feel like last year I did do that and may have thrown a wrench into some timelines that may have been thought about or desired. It's like, Huh? Yeah. Like he's just telling us Zach, right? I mean, what do you think about that quote uh, specifically? I mean, the throwing a wrench into some timelines—that one really, that one really stuck yeah. with me. That was the key key quote from that whole thing, I think, probably because 
you know, I, I, I do think the Packers went into that draft last year thinking like, wow, our quarterback is, you know, he's starting to regress a little bit. He's older. He's got an injury history. We better get a guy that can start for us, you know, in a couple of years, we better get him groomed up and ready to go. And now, you know, Rogers has this rejuvenation year, MVP year, doesn't get hurt. You know, he's playing at such a high level in that offense. So yeah, I think it definitely screwed up, you know, maybe a timeline that was set when the Jordan love pick was, was made because I think they thought Rogers was going in a little bit different direction than he took it last year. Yeah, that tends to happen. Uh, there's yeah. precedent there, you know. Oh, man, it's just crazy. And now, you know, this thing continues to drag on and Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy. Uh, we were talking right before we started recording, Zach, about how the show weaved in a Packers answer and nobody got it. And, and this is this is what we got to remember. Uh, Rodgers is uh, hosting a show with a bunch of people that don't even probably know what the Packers are. You know, they're just they, yeah. they have a lot of knowledge. Uh, but probably not a lot of football knowledge. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, that was a, that was a hilarious moment the other night. You know, it, it was a very obvious clue towards the Packers, especially <laughs> with him as the host. And you know, you're just waiting there one second, two seconds, three seconds. The buzzer goes off. There's nobody that has an answer, and you know, Rogers just kind of throws his arms up and says Green Bay Packers. And then <laughs> it, it was also funny that the very next answer, you know, one of the contestants got it right away. I think it was the Boston Celtics and. You know, Rogers is like, oh, you, you can get that one though, huh? So <laughs> it, it was a fun, it was a fun little viral moment uh, from Rogers on Jeopardy. So good, Packers fans. I hope you like the Jeopardy talk because we're going to keep doing it. I hope you like it. <laughs> hope it's fun for you. But uh, coming up next, some draft thoughts and maybe what history tells us on what the Packers might do. Maybe they'll explore trading up in the first round. History definitely tells us that's a thing. We'll talk about it coming up next. All right, Zach, you had this in a couple uh, articles that are up on uh, Packers Wire, how the team has traded up in the first rounds of uh, Brian Gutekunst's last three drafts, right? 2018, 2019, and 2020. So um, this could be the fourth straight season where he makes a move up the board. So uh, you had this really interesting story up about a couple teams that they could target to move up into the early 20s, maybe even the mid-20s. In terms of like offensive tackle, Right. I mean, that's one position yeah. that you label a premium one for them. I'm worried about how many teams are going to be picking offensive tackles in this draft. There's going to be a ton of them. I think a couple yeah. of them are going to go super early. Teams like the Chargers and the Vikings and the Cardinals, the Raiders traded all their offensive linemen. Um, yeah. You know, the Dolphins are, they have two picks in the first round. They're going to be sitting there at 18. They could easily take one. Washington, Chicago, Indianapolis. I think the Titans need a right tackle. So. That there's if they want to go for a real like one of the top tackles on their board, I I definitely could see them moving up for sure. Um, and corner was another premium position you had, but yep. a, a trade up like what you think that's uh, that's definitely in play. It seems like the GM's been talking about it. Yeah, they got they got ten picks and you know a bunch in the middle rounds that they can play with. So I, I I really do wonder if you know they're looking at this class of cornerbacks and offensive tackles like you said and you know, thinking they could still get a really good player if they make an aggressive move up because, you know, those are, there are teams that need those positions, but they're pretty deep um, in first round talent, actually. And I, I do think the Colts at 21 look like they could be a prime target. 
you know, the, the Packers have made these, you know, eight, nine spot move ups in two of the last three years. And, you know, they're not afraid to give up those middle round picks to move up and get a guy. And, uh, you know, the Colts, you look at their picks, you know, they only have six total. I don't I think they're missing a, a third rounder. So, you know, they could be desperate to add some, some picks in the middle round there. And then, you know, if there's a guy like, you know, offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins or, you know, cornerback like Caleb Farley or Greg Newsom or, uh, I'm trying to think Re- receiver shot Bateman, if he's there at 21, I, I do think it could be a, an interesting uh, scenario to trade up in and, and grab one of those guys. And, you know, they, they could also jump up a few spots too. you know, get that 26, 27 range. If, you know, they, they want to pass a team like the, the Ravens or saints who, you know, often draft like they do. So, and, you know, the, the first round board, you look at last year, I, I think they ended up trading up to get Jordan Love because he was probably their last first round pick on their board and they wanted to get him. So, you know, that, that whole board can can shrink really fast in the, the late first round. So, yeah, 10 picks total. I think there's some good spots for them to move up. So I would not be surprised if they're aggressive uh, in the first round. Yeah, it's going to be something to watch for sure. And sometimes you just got to listen to what the GM says, right? He goes... I feel like we'll yeah. be able to move around the board a little bit to get the players we want. When you have the kind of season we had last year, you're picking at the bottom of every round, which obviously makes it a little more difficult. But with the yeah. added picks, if there's a player we need to go up and get, we'll be able to do it. He's basically telling us, Zach, that he's going to do just that, right? Um, so that makes our jobs a little easier. Yeah, I, I, I think he, he kind of foreshadows it there because yeah. what he's saying is his first, you know, his first round board is probably going to get picked pretty clean by the time they get to 29 and you know, if he wants to get one of his guys on the first round board, he's probably going to have to move up to get him. So that's how I would interpret that. He also tried to tell us that maybe the uh, franchise tag would finally be in play this year, but that wasn't, yeah. so, you know, he could, that's def- true. but there's, there was three positions that you're really kind of honing in on. And I think this kind of falls into that conversation about drafting the best player at a position of need kind of strategy, yep. uh, corner offensive tackle, which we were just talking about and defensive line. And I've heard that this is kind of uh, not a great draft for defensive line in terms of first-round right. talent. So I see you kind of have the Packers. Uh, I saw one article on Packers Wire how you have them targeting a, a defensive lineman in the third round, which makes a yep. lot of sense. Uh, I think that's perfect. And then either going corner or offensive tackle in the first two rounds, maybe flip-flopping them depending on who's there. Like if a Caleb Farley were to be there in the first round, yes, go get him. Yep. That kind of thing, right? So uh, corner, tackle and defensive line, right? That, that Those those are the big three. Yeah, I, I definitely see him, you know, targeting those positions in the first two days. The, the depth at tackle is probably going to be pretty good through the first two rounds, and I think the depth at cornerback could be pretty good through the first two rounds. You might be able to get a starter at both those positions in the first two rounds. That'd be really big for them, you know, with how this roster is constructed right now. They really, really need a defensive lineman. That's maybe their biggest need on the roster, but, man, you look at that, that draft class and it's Christian Barmore and, you know, a bunch of middle round guys really. So, you know, either they trade up to get Barmore or, you know, maybe he falls or they're just going to have to wait and hopefully they can get a, you know, kind of diamond in the rough in the middle rounds. But yeah, I'd be shocked if they, they got out of those first two days, those first three rounds without drafting a, a cornerback or an offensive tackle. I think, you know, those are really safe bets for them in the first couple of rounds. And, you know, like I said, deeper classes, I think they really value those two positions a lot. Um, very clear needs. But you now then again, last year, 
we thought for sure they were going to get one of those stud receivers, you know, early in that draft, and they didn't Always. end up getting. They didn't end up getting any of them. So, it, I, I will say that they really haven't drafted for obvious needs under Gutekunst. It's it's almost always about, you know, future needs and building the roster past the the upcoming year. So, I don't know. Cornerback and offensive tackles are their needs right now and their long term needs. So maybe those intersect a little bit better for the Packers. All right, Zach, I know this is always your favorite part of the show when we get into the sports betting. Um, oh, yeah. And it's definitely my favorite. So I've been playing around with the sports betting app. There's all kinds of props out there. So uh, I don't know, which one interests you the most? Like I look at pick number three where Mac Jones is kind of a heavy favorite to go to the 49ers. And I'm just, I'm convinced yeah. that it's a smoke screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want to put a little money down on Justin Fields at plus 250 or Trey Lance at plus 350 because I just feel like, it can't be Mac Jones, can it? You know, and then number four overall, too, I think is an absolute wild card because Kyle Pitts, he's the favorite at plus 150 to be the first kind of non-quarterback picked. But you yeah. could take a like an absolute flyer on like a Jamar Chase or a Penny Sewell and make some money if, if that's how it falls. But even Kyle Pitts at plus 150, I think, has some value at the Falcons at number four yeah. because whether somebody trades up to that spot or what, Pitts number four makes a lot of sense, but what interests you the most maybe about those those top couple picks in the draft and maybe what the odds on the sports books are telling us right now? Yeah, I, I think that number four pick is is a really interesting one because, you know, the, the Falcons, you look at Matt Ryan's contract and it's kind of it's kind of Aaron Rodgers esque because yes. you know, there's, there's a couple, there's a couple of financial years in there where they're pretty secure with him as the quarterback, but then it gets really dicey. So 2022 you, is Aaron Rodgers esque, right? With the, with yeah, the cap hit. Right. Right. So do you, do you get a quarterback and, you know, sit him for two years and then move on? Or do you just load up that? Like, I can't imagine adding Kyle Pitts or chase to that offense and, my God, they'd be, be loaded with yeah. They'd be loaded with Matt Ryan for a couple of years. But, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts. Oh my God, yeah, that'd be scary. But but you just never know when you're going to be picking number four overall against. And you know this is a especially if Mac Jones goes number three. That you know they could have Fields or Lance there at number four, and that's you know that's a pretty good deal for for picking at number four. So that's appealing to me. I think you know. The, the Bengals that that's a that's another interesting pick it is. because it is yep especially depending on what the the Falcons do you know you know both those spots could be you know hot for trading up too I I wouldn't put that you know past either of those teams because you know there's going to be some sneaky teams that want to you know if the Falcons or Bengals especially the Falcons if they're not committed to to taking a quarterback man there's going to be some teams that want that pick so. I'm really interested to see if any anybody uh, moves up with the Falcons to go get a quarterback. Maybe the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 tease me, Zach. You know, <laughs> you know. I think it's going to be great theater in this top five, especially uh, the whole draft. The buildup for this year's draft is really awesome. I, I just think with the quarterback yep. talk, it's been really fun. But yeah, the Bengals at number five, especially if someone like Belichick goes up to number four, um, <laughs> and, and we're we're to draft that fourth quarterback, then you got the Bengals at number five sitting there with Pitts. Sewell and Jamar Chase on the board, right? What do you do as a betting man? Maybe you go with Jamar Chase because he played with, uh, because he played with Joe Burrow or, you know, you, you go with like maybe the smart pick in Sewell because you got to keep Burrow upright and not let him shred his knee again. Or you take Kyle Pitts because as we said, he should be the first probably non quarterback off the board. So yeah, the, the top five this year is just awesome outside the top two picks, right? I think those two pretty set, not a lot of value there, but Picks three, four, and five, 
Oh man, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fun. I'm I am very much ready. It's it's a couple weeks away yet, but I am very much ready for the draft to be here. It's you know, like you said, there's there's all those quarterbacks at the top, and you know when there's when there's quarterbacks at the top, that's gonna push a bunch of really 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 good players down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's that. I think is where the draft gets really interesting, and you can, you know, get a really really good player outside maybe the top ten, and there's everybody trading up to get a guy. And man, it's going to be fun. No doubt, man. And uh, the countdown continues next week. We'll be back, and we'll we'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.